When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Just a heads up. You probably know we have a subscription service where you can hear every single one of our podcasts absolutely ad-free for just $5 a month. What you probably don't know is that we are switching that subscription service from ConnectPal to Patreon. For a whole bunch of reasons, one of them being Patreon is a lot more user-friendly. You'll have a lot easier access to our entire back catalog of podcasts, which, oh my god, there's so many. It's out of control, if I'm being completely honest. And you'll also be able to use it in any podcast app you want, even Pocket Casts. And on top of that, if you switch or sign up between now and May 1st, you're eligible to win a bunch of great prizes. The grand prize winner gets a signed copy of me and Jeff May's comedy album, Gift of the Magi 2, on cassette, along with a cassette Walkman to listen to it on, a pair of headphones like the ones we use in the studio, an unpopped sticker, and hand-drawn, one-of-a-kind assembly instructions that show you how to use that sticker to turn your cassette Walkman into an unpops cassette Walkman. And those instructions will be hand-drawn and signed by Jeff May. How cool is that? So maybe you'll win some prizes. If nothing else, you'll have access to our entire back catalog of podcasts, which we are uploading now. We'll have everything uploaded by May 1st. And then starting May 1st, we're going to be uploading all of our new subscription shows to Patreon. I think you'll like it a lot better. Go over there, poke around, see what else we have to offer. I'm also going to be writing a new weekly column every week, which you can get for just a dollar. So maybe you don't want to pay $5 a month, but you still want to support a little bit. You can do that, and you can read all of my new columns in the process. There's something for everybody. Patreon.com slash Unpops. Go check it out. Thanks. Enjoy the show. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, I don't do any of that shit. I just kind of do this show. Joining me today, he is a reporter for the Washington Post, and he just wrote a book called The Show That Never Ends. That's a book about prog rock. You should give it a read. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Weigel. Also joining me, you heard how I just mentioned prog rock in the previous intro, so it shouldn't be any mystery as to who's the guest today. Anytime there's a chance we're going to talk about Genesis, this guy will be around. Ladies and gentlemen, Chet Wild. It's going to be a great show. Right, are we ready? Yeah, we are. Recording. We're ready because of the thorough notes you provided, Adam. Oh, is that why, Chet? Yep. You could have done some too. I did. I added things at the end. I refuse to believe that. You're you're actually going to be upset that I did prep work. Uh, yeah, I usually am. Why? <laughs> What's what'd you put at the end? I'm assuming it's all fastball songs. Oh yeah, yeah there is a fastball song. How was Rampart strong? Street a protest song? They're refusing to go down Rampart Street. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, how's everyone doing? I'm doing well. Oh, move Is the soundtrack or? Yeah, just All right. move it. Put okay. the microphone in your face. Let me copy what you guys just are doing. Just set your mustache yeah. on the mic and we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's Chet Wild, obviously. Hello. Long time no talk, Adam. We haven't recorded a podcast in seven minutes. Yeah, it's been been a while. And it's been a while since you've been on this one. At That's least why a week. 
That's why I let you say uh, I, I was easier about saying goodbye in the last one because I knew we'd say hello again. You let me? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Don't ever forget whose network. Don't ever forget <laughs> who lets who do things here on the yeah. Wild Brown 2020 ticket. We got political coverage right here. We can make an announcement in the Washington Post. Yeah, we do. This is exciting. Dave, how do you say it? Is it Weigel or Weigel? It's Weigel. Weigel. It is hard to tell on Twitter how it's pronounced. Yeah, and I, I have been saying it wrong in my head the entire <laughs> time I've known you. But Dave Weigel, how's it going? It's really good. Thanks for having me. I, yeah, I'm thank glad you for doing it. I was here for a story and then added an extra day to not do the story because I was done. Yeah. So I'm yeah, happy to talk, talk about the subject, which uh, I'm probably screwing up by introducing before we've introduced it. Well, no, we're talking about protest songs Yep, there today. we go. Now it's introduced. Because, Dave, you just wrote a book, right? I did, which is not about protest songs, but about right. other kinds of songs, yes. It's what about pro-grock Prog rock, all right. Uh, it's about progressive rock, which has led people who don't know anything about it to say, like, is that, like, progressive politics, but musical? Like, no. Well, not that. No. It's actually much more annoying for most people <laughs> to listen to than that. Although, no, I uh, just did an interview with a couple with a magazine and sent it to people who like it, which kind of surprises me. If you've, ever, if you've ever spent a lot of time on writing and then have to look at it, you're like, oh, God, I see everything wrong with this. But yeah, the people who yeah. did not write it are reading it and saying, oh, it's, it's good. So it's you wrote a book on prog rock but mm-hmm. do not care for it. I'm saying, no, I'm, I love it. I'm just okay. saying it's the kind of thing you, have to, you play to people with like a bunch of dis, uh, disclaimers. And then you find some people who are like, oh, why did I, why didn't I think I like this? It's good. What's your prog rock of choice? Uh, King Crimson, right. probably still my favorite band of all time. Uh, and they have like stuff I don't like as much. Yeah. But in terms of every album, I will find new stuff. Every album, they just get bored of what they did before and change, which I like in a band. I feel like that's true of any prog rock, like yeah. because they switch so much. It, it like you find your era of them. You like, like with me, it's Genesis, and they have so many different flavors. Which you know, which era? Ah, uh, well. Separate of the prog rock, I actually do like a lot of their pop stuff. But I like this stuff right after Peter Gabriel left, where they're introducing the horn shit, horn sections and shit. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, no reply at all. Like, I think that's a fucking phenomenal song. That middle eight's awesome. Right? And Mike that Rutherford's, break, like, yeah. bass. Like, it's crazy. Um, and they brought in, was it Tower of Power or whatever the horn section was? No, that uh, was... Or e- EWF section? No, what? That's Phil Cow. All Phil. All Phil. All Phil, Phil baby. All the the Fairlight Synthesizer. They just brought in, like... Different sounds that he got into, uh, which would later be made fun of, but I think they, they hold up well. Yeah. I mean, the, the progressive Peter Gabriel stuff. Like, thing too is the guy was like 22 and writing these 22 minute songs. Yeah, they were all like as young and rebe- they were young and rebellious, except for music that we don't consider <laughs> rebellious. Like the punks who replaced them were just right. In some cases, like older and way more way more fabricated. That is weird to think about. Oh, yeah. You're like, I like this song. You're like, oh, 22 year old wrote this fucking thing. <laughs> oh yeah. With all music, I think this now. That, yeah, that happens with music. It happens with sports too. Like the the thing with sports is that's where you you'll hear a thirty five year old described as heroic for having the courage to still be doing this. That's why I at only, such an age, and it's like motherfucker, he's five years younger than me. I only watch bowling because I only watch sports where the people are older than me. Yeah. What about golf? Fuck golf. <laughs> uh, Adam, you hate Rush, right? Is that you? Yeah, I'm not a Rush fan. There's not a ton of Rush in the book. I mean, I go through them, but it's it focuses more on the guys uh, starting in the 60s. Yeah. Like, I keep returning to them chapter after chapter to tell the story. But uh, they're in it. They're just uh, – they, they indeed – like, I love reading the British press uh, when writing the book because the British press is really sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, makes up names for people. Interviewed them all the time. But they, they welcome Rush as – kind of a jokey revivalist thing yeah and they put it that's one thing I, like a lot of this music which is seems pompous takes itself way less seriously than like the average certainly i, was, I don't know why i have new metal in my mind but <laughs> yeah. like but then like this the the really egregious rock that's like oh emotions yeah. but these guys are like eh, this is fun it's like party music except throw some elves in there now how do you <laughs> feel about horn sections in general do uh, you feel like well modern done. music lacks them when they're well done when they're like a big sting on a uh, when they're the hook i've, I've found I found songs where I didn't hate the horn section, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. When the horn section is just the hook, and when it's not Streetlight Manifesto or I've been trying to get Adam on board bullshit. with some horn bands. <laughs> horn and sections and ska aren't even them. the same fucking thing. When I think horn sections, I think, like, I don't know, like soul music or something. But ska, like that, no. <laughs> like, I, I have no pleasant thoughts about ska. What about Five Alarm Funk? That No. <laughs> That was the worst. <laughs> oh my god! Do you have any chat? Do you have any fastball chats updates uh, for this podcast? Yeah. Do you have does any? this come out this week? 
no, it'll be out soon. Go ahead. What's your... I mean, we're... Hit it, Brett. You know, the hardest part of this show for me is the first few minutes. Fuck you. Because I spend all that time asking everyone else what's going on in their maybe, life. Maybe I had an announcement. When all I really want to do is talk about what I've been up to since last week. Following fastball and That's why we call this segment this week me. Goddamn you, Adam. It's about to get really intense. Here goes. I play this myself, by the way. Most people don't know that, but I pull out a guitar... Which makes the timing all the more impressive. Yeah, the fact that you're able to play it in rhythm while not speaking in the same rhythm of the music. Yeah, is... yeah. And that I just like whip it out and uh, it's like a counterpoint. Kind of, it's good. Yeah, it, it kind of sounds it. like TLC's No Scrubs. I feel like you've lifted <laughs> that. It's a callback to a different episode. That's Listen sure. to them all, everybody. <laughs> that sure is. So what are we talking about today? We already said it. We're talking about protest songs because this seems like the climate for that. It almost always is, but it, it does feel like... Democrats don't generate as many protest songs. Or maybe I just don't listen to enough fucking Toby Keith. Democrat in modern music, you're saying. In Democrats modern music, compared yeah. To conservatives. Like, name the best protest song about Obama. Oh, the man, you shouldn't have said the word best because I did hear a lot of them. <laughs> I would cover the Conservative Political Action Conference every year, and there was one year where they just went whole hog and had a stage for protest for conservative protest singers. Uh, the the song that sticks in my memory is not good. It was called <laughs> Obama, Where Were You Born? <laughs> and kind of kind of like it sounds, the The key was that the singer was one of these people you encounter, uh, usually at like a karaoke station, but who, who, who sung like she had a good voice but didn't, you know, it's kind of going for the same, it's Obama baby, where were you born? Oh, is that going to come up? It says Obama baby? If, if you're searching for it, you will find a... I like that the auto search... Put Obama baby whisper. Or, what could that be? Just look up Obama. Where, where were you born? That would do it. Man, I cannot wait to buy Adam's internet history. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's on YouTube. Did she take it off? She maybe was, maybe was in Trump's America. Took it down. Yeah. God damn it. But I would cover. I'm going to find some more because I would cover like a rally, and there'd be somebody with his song of anti-Obama music, or sorry, his CD of anti-Obama music, and just handed it out. The last CD-ROM <laughs> to people with 25 songs or so. Do you think there's some struggling musician that doesn't believe in the shit they're putting out, but they're like, you know what? There's a real market for this. I could go to KKK rallies and push my album hard <laughs> if I just wrote these lyrics. Well, they don't seem to monetize it well. Uh, cause, uh, this yeah. Is... Probably because they're fucking idiots. <laughs> was it Lisa? I'm, I'm tra- still trying to think of this woman. I was totally confident we could just find it because I, I sometimes just Google that song. And listen to it for 30 seconds, then turn it off. I like that she's not that memorable. Yeah. I think Lisa Mae Norton, I believe is her name. Uh, and some of the people went to make pro-Trump songs, which is an even even better genre. I mean, like, there, I think there are 25 songs called Trump Train, or at least on the Trump Train theme. If I were to put out a Trump album, it would be all horns, and it would be called Trumpet on Trump. <laughs> Adam, I'm doing cute wordplay over here. I know. I I'm it. just. I'm looking now. I'm falling down a rabbit hole of. Oh, they. Oh, but the killer Mike. This is like the the Bernie Krat. You're looking up the criticism of Obama from the left. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. Fine. Is Land of that, Confusion so considered saying. a protest? They're hard song? to find. Totally is. No, Land well, of Confusion of was uh, had the Reagan puppet. Was the super acceptable? You know, years into mainstream Reagan, like protest. He, he, you know, boy, he's just he's not handling his nu- nuclear weapons the right way, is he? Kind of kind of deal. A lot of stuff in the eighties. Actually, my my favorite uh, nuclear s- protest song is still probably uh, XTC. This world over, which oh, is yeah. just really spacey and moody, and and also because Andy Partridge, Andy Partridge just sounds always like he's singing in, a, in like a fallout shelter. Yeah. Just like the jangles. Like, like, like I remember the, 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 the I think the song with the part where he talks about a mother counting odd numbered limbs because <laughs> <laughs> the baby's a mutant. Yeah, there were a lot of nuclear protest songs. Uh, Safety dance, I believe, is a nuclear protest song. Future so bright, I gotta wear shades. Yeah, is about nuclear war. Which Scott Walker One once quoted in order to talk about how great Obama was. Trump was going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he just. Oh, again, I, I'm, I'm realizing how many of the things I have kind of covered as a reporter and like poker faced my way typing through are actually hilarious. That yeah, was one where, yeah. Trump, where Walker said this and everyone's like, yeah, future's so bright. I'm like, that's <laughs> about everyone dying. That's yeah, song. it is. Yeah, that's that's my favorite is the, the misunderstood protest songs like Born in the USA, which is yeah. one we had on the list that there's a Father John Misty song that just came out called Bored in the USA. 
And it's supposed to be a parody of Born in the USA. And you read all these articles that are like, it's a parody of Born in the USA, that quintessential working man's anthem. No, that's about how the government fucked Vietnam War yep. vets. That I remember is, going there to the, is nothing pro-America about that song. I remember going to the first NFL game after the September 11th attacks, and that was just blaring before the game. <laughs> Everyone was saying, I'm like, you guys are all fucking idiots. <laughs> There's an interview with Sammy Hagar that uh, I just someone took a twit pic of him in, I guess, like an in-flight magazine. Yeah. Uh, talking about his songs he wished he'd written. And one of them was Born in the USA, which he wished he wrote so he could make it more patriotic. <laughs> it's like, man, it's like it really gets you going. Make it all about how great the VA is. Just change and it to like the first Gulf War or something like Wait, know, the, the six-day war. aren't really that long. And I don't know if you guys know this. Bruce Springsteen actually said he wished he wrote I Can't Drive 55 <laughs> and updated it to 65 to be reflective of the national. So he could have deleted it so no one ever had to hear it. God, I hate Sammy Hagar so much. <laughs> Fucking Van Hagar. But yeah, there's there are a few mis Remember a few years back when uh this is maybe 10 years ago, there was that John Mellencamp truck commercial and the song was called Our Country and it played maybe 15 20 times during every NFL game. And people just made fun of it like crazy because they're like, oh, fucking John Mellencamp, such a redneck. But that's also a super-duper protest song. Like, it's all about how it's basically this land is our land, but now. And that song is all about how we should all be sharing all the resources we have. It's like a borderline communist song, yeah, but it's also the, the anthem for Ford trucks. Would you like a sip of my water? What? Just Why? trying to do my part. <laughs> Why? Why? What happened? Just sharing. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was a good psych out. Yeah, that, that was good. What yeah, I thought I was like, now, <laughs> now I'm taking a drink of water because I'm all weirded out. You bastard. I wish you could capture the look you gave me <laughs> out of the <laughs> podcast. It was very enjoyable. There haven't been a lot of Trump protest songs, I feel like. Well, there was that whole run of, of move on songs right before the election, some of which I thought were were, were like decent. I mean, they were, they were all in that continuum of... Uh, yeah friendly indie pop but as far as death cab for cutie songs go the one they wrote was, was also very specific about how trump in, borrowed a million dollars from his dad oh like, yeah it was better because it wasn't here's you could do like the laundry list of things you're you're worried about but it was basically trump took a million dollar loan uh and is going to build a wall and they focused just on that million dollar loan which i thought would have been way better i'm serious now would have been a better message for hillary clinton like the one <laughs> the one time she seemed to get him back on his heels in the debate because she talked about he he insulted people and just insult them more. Yeah. The one time she clearly upset him was when, when she just mentioned, "Oh, well, he's done well in life, but he inherited a lot of money from his father." And you could you could just tell this. The, yeah. The Kill Bill rage music started playing in his brain, and he lost after that. Yeah, and, and it's I a mean, very long intro too. Again, it's Death Cab. What do well, you it's expect? a Death Cab for Cutie song. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the intro is about four minutes long. But uh, I, the rest of the songs in that project were kind of, eh. and it was also. At that point, Move On was like, well, we got to get people to vote for what will surely be the defeat of Donald Trump, so we don't need to get <laughs> too into this. And I think R.E.M. were just like, here's a here's a live version of uh, And the World We Know It. Everyone likes that, right? Yeah. People did not... That was that was my argument for They did a version people, of it with Stephen Colbert. People did not take Trump that seriously. And here we are. It's fucked. It's yeah, beyond this... fucked up. I look at Twitter every day. I'm like, How? Yeah, two days ago, our president tweeted a video of JBL, the wrestler Bradshaw, <laughs> praising him on Fox News. Oh my god! Like what the fuck? That is our happening? president is using Twitter as much as he is at all. Is... Today he was tweeting things about uh, multiple sources on Fox News said whatever. So he he puts Fox News over the intelligence briefings. You have access to the intelligence briefings. Why? Are you, it's like. Somebody that has all the porn in the world, they're like, no, I'm going to watch Cinemax. Like, that's, <laughs> why would I get the real th This That's a terrible analogy. No, that's a pretty yeah. great analogy, I believe. Or just you, having access to, like, the the scripts of movies yet to be yet to be seen or I don't I don't know I, I was I was struggling to come up with a metaphor for that too and deciding to like watch what was on HBO that day because you could if I was president it would be the first thing I'd do but one of the advantages is all the stuff you could ask immediately so like Roswell what do what do you know yeah. what do you actually yeah. know I'm president you have to tell me he has like no curiosity you have just... to be an intellectually curious person yeah yeah and give a shit about things that aren't you well actually I find 
the Fox and Friends aspect of this I find to be just terrifying because that's that's a really stupid show, and the theme of the show now every episode is basically why are people so mean to our president? He's doing a great job because so, they're they're trying to keep him in. They only yeah. care about one viewer. But it's basically his Dora the Explorer. Like it's a show that <laughs> that plays so that he gets calmed down in the morning. And instead of getting calmed down, he's like, you're right. Why can't everyone see that I, I had a great week? Everything's going great. Everyone's spying on me, et cetera. The only good thing about Fox and Friends is how John Oliver has been buying ad time in the D.C. area to <laughs> run his own PSAs to yeah. get President Trump. Although I still haven't seen one. I don't watch all of Fox and Friends in the morning, but it's, it's, it's my uh, taking 30 minutes to leave the house show. Oh, it's yeah. really informative. I mean, but I will, get, I will get a better sense of what he's going to do that day than people like calling up. Steve Bannon, like, hey, what's, what's he got? It's like, no, they didn't care about his actual meeting. He's just, yeah. he's going to sit in bed and watch Steve Ducey be like, Islam, time to get rid of it, and then, <laughs> then tweet about it. I feel really sick right now. I realized it's because that was the first time I've ever said President Trump. I've never said it. Oh, God, it feels awful. Yeah, it does. It, it feels not great. Not great at Can't all. Can't deny reality, though. Yeah. It's... When people are like, not my president. Nope, he's all of our president. We're in this shit together. Yeah, yeah, it's it. You can't. I mean, he he is our president. Like, there's no. You can put an asterisk next to it, or yeah, or but it's whatever, not going to change. Not, yeah, that's... the problem with like even with the John uh, John Oliver taking out those PSAs, I don't feel like there's any like there are no teaching moments with Trump or Trump supporters. Like that. That's a that's a class that they're not going to listen. Like yeah. they're they're not. Their their brains are wired in a way that if you're questioning Trump, you're the enemy. It's 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 not a thing you're going to talk them into not believing. It's not a matter of oh well if they just knew how good people acted. Well, for one thing, you you don't go to people and say hey you're being a bad person right now. Right. Let me tell you how you should be and expect to get fucking yeah. anywhere. And that seems to be the the pr- approach people want to take. The the strange thing is uh, as a reporter less this year, but. A lot during the campaign, I'd go to Trump rallies. There have been Trump rallies. It's yeah. In case he's do, still doing them. Yeah, but, still doing them. So I, but I did one Just in, like Hitler. In Orlando this year, and people were really nice to even a Washington Post reporter. They would kind of get a dig in, like, oh, fake news, haha. But very, very few of them actually didn't want to talk to me. They were really happy yeah. with media. What would happen is when he starts talking, when, the, when Trump starts talking and points out the media, then they boo. Uh, and it's yeah. really just like a switch gets like like it's the Manchurian candidate code word, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh I gotta, yeah, I kill people." And I, I've that was a as a reporter covering those things, the thing that really made me dread them because it was just whatever your politics, it's not good to see people be programmed really easily to hate no, something. No, and they wouldn't like go and beat up reporters afterward, but they were encouraged to be their not worst yet. Self. Like yeah. I feel like Trump supporters are the. T- Have you ever read a, a book called The Authoritarians? It's by a guy oh. named Bob Altemeyer. Oh, I haven't read that one. I've read other like authoritarian personality stuff, but not that yeah. one. Yeah, well, he's he's the one who came up with the test that they like the the current test that they use to gauge authoritarian personalities. Oh, okay. And he wrote a book right near the end of George Bush's time in office. It's it's based on a like a survey that he gives incoming freshmen at the University of Manitoba that he's been giving them giving since the seventies. And it's fascinating. It's kind of like a roadmap to a Trump supporter's brain and how they think. And it's terrifying. And that's reading that book is why I'm like really convinced that the, it's not a situation where, oh, we just need to convince them to vote for a better person. Like, no, we just have to outvote them because there's no converting those people. And, and it's, it's an interesting book. Worst case scenario, let's say Trump gets a second term, right? America. I'm not. Yeah. Worst case scenarios, we're all dead. Uh, but one, two steps <laughs> yeah, above nuclear say. holocaust, he gets through a second term. Then what? Do you think he actually lets go, or do you think he tries to become king and change the rules and somehow convince for there to be a constitutional change where he can run for a third term, or like his daughter runs for president, which <sighs> sounds insane, but. Or when, yeah, that sounds kids, perfectly yeah. logical. I now. think that that sounds the, like the most likely because I'm a little bit Pollyanna-ish about about Trump. I actually have more faith in some of the system, the political system, yeah. than I did before the election because it turns out you really 
the fact that this is so sticky. Like, in, in most countries, he couldn't win because you get more votes you win. So right. that, that's a minus if, you're, if you don't want him to win. <laughs> but in most countries, if you win, then you get to do whatever you want. In this one, the fact that he slowed down at all has totally confused him. He went yeah, from just being yeah. able to say whatever he wanted to, but well, I have to meet with congressmen. And I think um, my thinking is that not until the midterm, unless Democrats actually beat him, will he will he think, oh, I should change things. I think the the only way to get reelected is if he tries to copy Schwarzenegger, and it's like whatever's popular, I'll do that instead yeah. of what I was saying before, yeah. which would be a, a different person. But that's again, that, that's right. I I call myself a Pollyanna first because I I don't want to be glib and then something really far right and destructive happens. Certainly, so a thing he's been doing that hasn't gotten a ton of attention is instead of appointing, or getting, you, you know, to fill the government, you need to appoint somebody, he has to go through the Senate process, he gets mm-hmm. it the job. Like, the, with Obama, there are tons of people who would, like, block for years in the Senate. Yeah. So instead, he just, like, hired people, people called the Beachhead Team who just went to these agencies and were and like, I, I'm running this now. I'm going to manage this now. And we, there have been profiles, but they're because they're not public employees, you can't really find out what they're doing. Oh wow! Um, so it was ProPublica had to had to search these right. Did a really good job of finding some of these guys, and some were just like kooks who with weird Twitter accounts who now run the EPA. Uh, the day they managed, so, so they're definitely trying to find ways that they don't need to be accountable. It's like the big things he wants to do, he has to go through Congress, but a lot of stuff he can yeah. do just blowing through it. And that's everyone who said. Um, I think everyone who said in the media, not me. I mean, I, I I was more like you, where I thought it was very conceivable he could win. Yeah, the people who keep finding a way that he's not going to get anything done, I think, are totally wrong. Oh yeah, well, it's sure. dangerous. The yeah. more you say, like, no way he'll do that, the more I'm like, oh shit, that that's definitely going to happen. Well, yeah. just the things that he's done, like even like uh, all the environmental and regulations, like environmental regulations, he's rolling back, like. There's so much to be mad about. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to, like, like there's still shit slipping through the cracks. That... And he's cutting shit that is not even a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah, really just yeah. a fuck you move. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of, I feel like a lot of his his first few things in office have been kind of fuck you moves. And now he's even fucking to... with the Republicans where he's like, I'm going to work with the Democrats on health care if you guys don't. And they're like, oh, not that. You know? so this is, and this is what's different because when Bush was president, so the last time Republicans had this much power, Bush was president uh, from, you know, he had, he had both houses in the presidency 2003 to seven. So four years, they get judges through, which is what they wanted. And a lot of those judges are, you know, casting decisions, or not casting, like the fucking wizards. Fishing, <laughs> fishing <laughs> for decisions. So, yeah, they're, they're signing off on decisions that are, that are more right-wing people would like. But they, they, their idea of how to win the country was to make some compromises. And so they would pass budgets that funded all this stuff. They were like, oh, well, this program that only goes to farmers to help pay for like the home all these programs that are so, that people don't realize exist uh but are helpful to them they wouldn't touch them because they're like you'll don't be of consequence yeah and the trump experiment is uh what if you cut them what if you cut them and then just like um <laughs> you know yell about how terrorism is going to happen to you what if you distract people like the this the view of what you can get away with by cutting yeah. government uh is is very different and and the, honestly, the bet is, well, there's so much happening that people get distracted and like maybe just, you know, when you win to 46 percent of the vote, uh, maybe, you know, another election where we kind of roll the dice and just enough stuff comes together as so we win again. Like there's Bush's theory was we need to like become the party that always wins by like not being right. bad at governing. And Trump's theory is not that. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Bush? Uh, there are like multiple people that that. Uh witnessed him just saying after the the god why can't i fucking put together a sentence go for it chat uh, <laughs> reboot <laughs> try it again the inauguration or afterwards bush was just like yeah that was some weird shit <laughs> like, that was his response to it well that was the so I, I was in la because there's this special election just north of here for congress and uh danger van gorder taking from, over the city. like the same <laughs> district it gave bush like 27 percent of the vote and it's mostly hispanic and it gave trump 10 percent and the trump the trump party is just like it turns out you can win with just enough to get what you want without ever appealing to like non-white people they're not trying to win everybody yeah which was a theory that some far-right people had and like pat buchanan i remember talking to pat buchanan two years ago and he's like if you got you know white people in michigan voting like white people in south carolina then you'd win everything so why would you ever need to like soften your immigration position yeah it's like i don't need every chain restaurant to sponsor fastball checks (laughs) i just need applebee's (laughs) to get on board that's true well, yeah, what about Bush? I feel like George Bush in recent times produced the best protest songs. Everyone was writing anti-Bush songs. 
That was it was such a common thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, I didn't agree with this idea that well, when Trump wins, Punk gets good again because that that yeah. functionally meant like Green Day, who I don't hate. It's always cheap and easy to hate Green Day. Like right? Yeah, oh they, yeah, they try. They were they, there were some good stuff. Uh, there were there. <laughs> that was the dark age of pro. Republican songs though, because there's oh, the Toby yeah, Keith, sure. there's the genre of like let's invade Iraq, because fuck it songs <laughs> is pretty good. Have you forgotten? I think being the being the best. Yeah, we'll rape yeah. and pillage yeah. your children. It's the American <laughs> way. Oh, that's the Toby Keith one. This is like a one hit wonder. Who who totally imagine if your ambition in life is like, man, Lee Greenwood. Uh, what if you could do that? What if you write one song that people just like play at the start of games about how much they, in this case. Enjoy being angry about 9-11. Lee Greenwood wakes up every morning checking the news, hoping another tower <laughs> fell. But Him and Mark Wahlberg, by my, weirdly my, enough. My favorite forgotten uh, pro-Bush song is this thing called Bush Was Right by the Wright Brothers. <laughs> and again, just like a Bush, a, 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 a like one-off joke band, which the melody this is ripped off from nursery rhymes. Oh, uh, boy. Let's see if this actually works. Yeah. Yeah, they look like they think Bush was right. and it, But it, it's... They look like they're in a Creed cover So if you've heard this, get ready for it, because it's like, what's these guys thought, what's the best song of all time? What about We Didn't Start the Fire? Let's do that. <laughs> this sounds like a joke. Yeah. Like it's, well, it's... Is it written with the intent of a joke or no, completely serious? No, dead serious. Libya? That happened under fucking Obama, didn't it? <laughs> They made this video with Microsoft Paint. It's incredible. It's just a picture of Bush, and they shittily put Bush was right over him. No, there was this, I mean, the, there were like a hot three years where Bush was popular. This was written during that. In hindsight now, Bush and even Cheney look like very reasonable people. Yeah, somewhat. I mean, not very reasonable. Bush like looks the- very reasonable. Cheney's like, oh, maybe he... Maybe he's the Grinch, you know, and there is some good in him. But they're not really doing anything to stop it. They'll, like, occasionally give an interview where they're like, yeah, yeah maybe maybe you shouldn't uh, ban Muslims. But they, yeah. as a former president, Bush could be a bit more dramatic. Maybe they learned from Mitt Romney that even if you use your clout and get in speech, Trump's like, yeah, fuck that guy. Could all the going. former presidents get together and do anything to form, like, a president's club? Like, if Obama, like, Bush... Like do, like, do what? Though? Obama, Bush, Clinton, and uh, Carter, he's still kicking. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they would do. Go on a tour it would be of cool arenas they... like Trump and yeah. be like, common sense, everybody. <laughs> well, this is one of Trump's big advantages because he has no problem blowing up the norms. I hate the word norms, but blowing up the way things are, we used to do them and like the the press, the class of the press is used for things being – he has no problem blowing it up. But everyone else is still, yeah, but we want – we want, again, we want things to be kind of normal. So I've, I've wondered – Will the next Democratic president just like lie all the time and have a spokesman who lies all the time, or will yeah. it be? Oh, we need to go back to the way it was. It's still this is like his advantage is everyone against him harks for the way it was like five minutes ago. I said before, if he right gets back. to twenty, uh, if he makes it, it will not surprise me if the fucking Rock runs for president. Oh yeah, I'd vote for the Rock. I'd vote for Oprah. I'd vote for Mark Zuckerberg. Vote for Tony Scalza. What was your take on Trump banning? press outlets from the Sean Spicer press briefings because my my feeling was that we're not getting news from those anyway. Has he like, banned outlets or are well, you talking banned... about like the private meeting where he's like only you, you, and you are allowed? Yeah, there, there was a gaggle where usually you invite the top, the, the outlets that have the biggest reach and I guess yeah. the, the credit, the, also the journalists Credibility. Who, yeah, you know, everyone hates media now, but the people, not it me. does make a difference. I like media and I like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm even saying, like, not even, I'm not even fit for a compliment. I think there are reasons to hate a lot of the way the media covers these things, especially, you know, Fuck all. cable playing Trump speeches nonstop and be like, well, it's yeah. weird how yeah, Trump's more it's popular. It's their fucking fault, yeah. dickheads. But, uh, no, this was like uh, Spicer updating on some stuff they were doing and leaving the media out. And, like, anything where you leave people out, like, you put the velvet rope in front of it, you assume something awesome is happening yeah. behind it. And uh, one of the, the, I think it was a Daily Caller actually just like printed what happened in the meeting, so it didn't matter. That, that's what they're trying to do. It's just breaking the solidarity of the yeah. meeting, which it turns out to be pretty, pretty easy. If you're giving somebody special access, not everyone is going to rise up and say, we're walking out without him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it could, but people, again, everyone else wants to just believe there'll be a pivot where things get normal. And that happened during the campaign like a million times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where Trump would just be, have one speech on the teleprompter, even though he said many times, if you, know, if you use a teleprompter, you shouldn't run for president. Right. And the, the reviews were always like, oh, the, the speech to Congress, good example. Like, I, yeah. was, I was there for that. 
And uh, as a cynical reporter, you were I was there. Like, yeah, I was just oh, in sure. Congress for for that, like like I normally am, uh, covering those speeches. Like people file in really early, they leave. Um, I remember, <laughs> I think I I did leave. Uh, later for a Sun concert, the noise rock band. So I left from Trump to just like an <laughs> amp blasting my face off. But um, the you know the reviews were all hey, hey, those words were like in order, and he said things, <laughs> and I said no. The point of these speeches is supposed to be getting your agenda through, which he didn't really do. It's just that the standards for him are so low that because he sounded kind of normal-ish, people were like another yeah. win, and that's the tendency of the press is like. Can we get past this? So we keep yeah. saying he's a normal person. Like if you're in a relationship living. and every day you come home and your partner beats the shit out of you, and mm-hmm. then one day you come home and they're just like, you're a real fucking piece of shit, and they yell at you and yeah. don't hit you, you're like, oh, what a lovely person. <laughs> they are, they love me. They are so great. They are yeah. doing better. They're going to change. No, you this fucking is, yeah. idiot. This is a really bad habit, I think. Their mostly fist is tired. Mostly of TV. Because if you, just imagine like if your job is just, to, if you're in a, locked in a studio, not locked, but you're in a studio all day. And something happens, and you have half every reaction to it, and you're not an expert. Like a lot of TV is people who just are good at talking, yeah, reacting to shit. Whereas I, I think not just the Post, I think the Times, and like the traditional media where people have been doing this for years. I think we're still doing really good stuff. And the quite like it's not so much the did we nail Sean Spicer with the question? Like my colleagues right. are always like, oh, we found these financial forums, and he's like, uh, turns out he's actually enriching himself through the through the company. No, it's not like brought down the presidency yet, if that's the standard. But it's like the the cable, which is the thing that's most easy to access, is I think the worst. The cable oh, yeah. comment, the commentary is just like they're always like, "Can we turn the corner and yeah. will he become presidential?" Which is like I don't think we do that in print. There are the occasional like bad op-ed. It would yeah, surprise me if there's that. a correlation too, and be uh, correlation between people that are more progressive or, or democratic who like cut the cable and are just more Hulu Netflixy, mm-hmm. and then people that are middle American Republicans that are like, I have cable. What's the yeah. well, I still, thing? One of the things that bothered me a lot recently <laughs> is they, when Trump put out his most recent executive orders on immigration, I watched the Sean Spicer press briefing about it. And then I watched CNN and CNN was asking all of these questions and I'm like, those executive orders have been on his website since like six o'clock this morning. Just go fucking read them yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you need Sean Spicer to tell you what's in those press briefings? You should already know before that press briefing starts. Yeah. And it was infuriating some of the questions they were asking. Well, this is the difference with TV. Just as, as, a, as a political reporter, sometimes uh, I don't want to cast aspersions because a, a thing that politicians have used their advantage, right, is that local news is hollowed out. Every, yeah. every town that's smaller than, like, Columbus, and even in Columbus, it's hollowed out. So often the political coverage is a TV reporter whose job it is to, like, cover weather and crime, and then if something happens in politics, go there. Yeah. And I notice often they ask, like, um, so you said in this speech this thing. Can you say that again? Because all they really care about is like them on camera getting this. Right. Boom! It's on TV. It's over. So yeah. there's a different kind of view what your job is with some some of these reporters. And if you're TV, it's like need that, that footage of the guy asking the hard question, uh, even though it's like total theater. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. Like, you're right. The, I think it's just choosing your own media and re- reading the webs, the White House list, and like then yeah, going that's way better than waiting for TV to get an answer for you. Yeah. Remember that episode of The Office where uh, Toby's leaving and Michael does the exit interview? Uh, not But then really. Holly enters, so Michael has to play nice. But it, he he had his exit <laughs> interview question. He's like, question one, like, what gives you what gives you the right? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> like, those are the questions I want to see asked to the president. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like there has not so far been a really, like, a really good interview with Trump. And that... I wrote a thing for Cracked about mm-hmm. NBC and how they were covering Trump in the run-up to the election. And, like, meet the press. Chuck Todd was really fucking hard on Hillary Clinton every time she was on meet the press. Right. Like, there's one of her first interviews after she announced she was running. is one. It's one of the most brutal fucking things I've ever seen. Like, he cuts into it with this video montage of her, like, flip-flopping on shit she yeah. said, like, 15 fucking years ago. And then you watch him interview Trump, and he'll ask a question, and then Trump will answer, and he'll go, okay, let's move on to it's the like next question. It's like, what do you fucking do? At a different doing? comprehension level. It's like, Hillary has been through all this. She's a legit politician, so we can hold her to that level. Yeah. And yeah. then Trump's a fucking retard. I know people don't <laughs> like that word. So let's pull out the picture book, and if he agrees on the colors, like, here's your sticker book. Well, it, yeah. it was a little bit that, but it was a lot more the, – the bias – 
I think going through the whole election was, well, this is this is going to be a race between somebody who'll be president, Hillary Clinton, and someone who's like weird and causing a movement but won't win, yeah. being Trump. And, even, and the thing that I that blew my mind during the healthcare debate we just went through in Congress, so I went back and checked the debates, and there was one question in four debates about the healthcare system, and Trump's answer was kind of rambling about how Obamacare was bad, and no follow up because why would there be a follow up? Because he's not going to win. And yeah. like, we all know Hillary's going to win, and then she's going to have this fight. And uh, I don't know how to fix that next time. Maybe be the fact that no one trusts polls anymore will fix that. But I, I, yeah. there was this real asymmetry between the questions they got asked. Because the every, if you just polygraphed every reporter, and you, if you polygraphed me, I would have said, yeah, Hillary's probably going to win. I wouldn't yeah. say, leave this guy off alone. But the questions are more like, eh, we're getting good ratings anyway, talking to this guy. Like, do we need to like drag him down? Because who's not going to win? Well, who cares? SNL's the perfect example. They're so anti-Trump. Now, but they gave him such a fucking. They let platform. him host. <laughs> they let him yeah. host. That's you. How many? Uh, who else has been running for president and was allowed to host SNL? There have been people. That's like a violation of fucking campaign laws. Actually, Al Gore be. didn't Al Gore host SNL while he was running or after was he after? lost. He oh. did uh, in a very funny SNL. Well, yeah. it was still. They had to actually give other Republican candidates airtime during that same time slot because yeah. of that. But they did it over, like, Thanksgiving weekend when no one was watching. Like, even if you cared about SNL, you're like, oh, it's a rerun tonight. No one's going to fucking watch it. And I don't, I don't, I didn't watch it. I don't know what transpired during that time. But I know they eventually had to give them, like, the other candidates equal oh, TV. The only time. I remember is, like, Lindsey Graham doing it because it was all jokes about himself and how weird it was they gave him time. To <laughs> was it just the TV. other candidates doing stand-up? No, stand-up and improv? They get straight to camera. I mean, there's other countries where uh, – I lived in England for a couple of years and I, I, between elections. But I went back and – their elections, like, instead of TV ads, each party gets, like – all right, you get, like, a block of TV time. You're basically – this. it's like a – Ten minutes to do whatever you want, and that's it. There's no other. T- you can do mail and stuff, but nothing else on TV. <laughs> and that's how they do it. It's all like, oh, we got. What do we do? And they just shuffle and have to explain themselves. Or like, if you saw that movie, No, about ch- the election in Chile, where they got rid of Pinochet. That's what they did. It's like, all right, the opposition, you get like a TV show, but that's it. That's all you get to do. Um, and in this country, it's like, who has the most money? You buy the most ads, and then eh, no, this company you get a TV show, then you get to be president. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. get free TV. Yeah. You get all your speeches live. No one else gets that, but and then have play fair. Also, we're going to go really easy on you because we don't think you'll win, <laughs> despite you being on our channel. Because all the you time. have to treat the specially <laughs> abled special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Trump and uh, SNL was a fucking problem. Every, every like uh, Jimmy Fallon too. I like he. I think there's a lot of Schadenfreude that like Colbert took him took over the ratings, right? Just yeah, so yeah. True, finally, and, yeah. And yeah. Colbert is at the top of his game right now. Yeah, good for him. Well, that's like because there's no electoral college for ratings, so it's like, oh, the president's like 65 percent of the country doesn't like him, so it's actually a good marketing idea to just yeah. beat the crap out of him. Oh yeah, more for sure. Now Fallon's getting that. shit where the yeah. NBC wants to be more political. I feel like Seth Meyers has filled the gap of what the Daily Show was with Jon Stewart. I haven't watched that's... it, but someone needs to fill that gap mm-hmm. because the Daily Show is. Have you watched it all? Seth rough Meyers? right now. Well, that's still that's one of those places that gets to what I was talking before where. Some people just want things to go back the way they were. Yeah. And it's still like, well, can't, the real problem is that people are fighting so much. You're like, no, man, that's what politics should be people fighting. The oh, problem yeah. is like busting through the guardrails and, and doing something with an executive order that, that's going to hurt people. Talk about that. Don't talk about yeah. how you're sad that they're fighting. That's like one of my, one of my biases in politics. I totally think fighting and ideology are awesome, and that's what politics should be. And the rest of it, where you're just like puffing yourself up to sound reasonable, that's always like, that's always a mug yeah. game. You're just doing that so that. To, to be, like that was Obama's biggest errors was when he tried to do that instead of just crushing people. Oh yeah, you know what sure. I'm hearing <laughs> from this is we've talked about this openly about how dan- uh, danger and Jeff are supposed to fight. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to have a boxing <laughs> match, but as danger gets elected in politics, we're like, oh, I probably can't fight. But what I'm hearing here is no, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get into a uh, danger made a commitment. I don't care if he becomes president. He's <laughs> fighting Jeff on this <laughs> podcast. That's happening for sure. It's happening. So, uh, protests. The topic this. of this podcast. Yeah. Th- well, no. It's, this is a great it's, conversation. I think a good topic is just like an excuse for tangents, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. This whole podcast is an excuse for tangents, usually. So, what's everyone's favorite protest song? All time. Don't look at me. You're not going to No, I want to. Is it? I think uh, I, I really like this very earnest Phil Oaks song called Here's to the State of Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Where it's just him listing things he hates about Mississippi and the chorus being, <laughs> Mississippi, can't you find another country to be part of? <laughs> nice. And, and I, I kind of, I just kind of like, um, 
I like the super earnest folk music. Uh, it just like scratches an itch I didn't realize I had. Yeah. And it, and this is like very dirgy. He has other songs that are I mean, all his songs are basically about protests. Yeah. Here's to the state of Mississippi. Or underneath her borders. This is what people wanted Bob Dylan to sound like for the yeah. rest of his life. That's why he almost got murdered at the Newport Folk Festival. But this is just this is the real shit. This is like, oh yeah, you're gonna you find dead bodies. They're all racist, etc. There's no metaphor. It's just like they're all horrible. Yeah, yeah. The country. Yeah, these these types of songs were very, very, just very direct. That's the I don't know why I struggled for that word. <laughs> I'm struggling today too. You know what? I, I think it's these fucking vape pens. You're the one who brought They're them. Fucking with our. You want to try? <laughs> yeah, you haven't even. I, we still haven't really determined what's in these. No. You just get breathe get, natural bliss. It's it's not. Uh, it's. <laughs> is it like fruity vape? It's it's like Japanese uh, aromatherapy. Oh, right. it tastes like root beer. That one does to me. All right. But I don't know what's in it. It's not no. nicotine. I got free samples in the mail. Oh. Yeah, no, it's it's somewhere between root beer and cough syrup. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like it so much. It tastes like cough syrup. Uh, vanilla, thyme, and fennel. Chet, what's your favorite protest song? I, we already covered it up front if it didn't get cut out. Is this the fastball thing yeah. again? Okay. That is your... No, but I mean, <laughs> seriously, what's your the favorite? The whole song is about how a girl misled them and didn't say she had one foot out the door. You know goddamn well that's not what I mean. They can't go down Rampart Street anymore. What is that to get about? Protested. That I don't. I feel like mine were very generic. You guys have deep cuts, but that you could define anything down as a protest song. Like every Beastie Boys song is a protest against how people don't respect their rapping enough. Yeah. Um, Under pressure, I feel like is a protest song against life. Yeah, it's against um, homelessness. Right, that's a very the struggle of life and challenge and surviving. Uh, but specifically, if you're homeless, isn't it? I have very people on the streets. Da do da day. Uh, people on the streets, da da dee da dee da. Well, not that part, but yeah. <laughs> I like that you're saying the words out loud, and you're like, <laughs> well, it's da da dee da. Yeah, it's like very, it's very scatty, Freddie Mercury. Song? I, uh, <laughs> it's better to like slam poetry uh, these songs. I think. Uh, yeah, I had that, and I had another brick in the wall. Uh, part two, Pink Floyd and Rampart Street. Never heard three it. Three go tos. Yeah, that 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 uh, Rampart Street pick is interesting. Thank you. Yeah. So an actual good, catchy uh, protest song is uh, Stevie Wonder's You Haven't Done Nothing, which is him and the Jackson 5 just talking about how they hate Nixon. <laughs> that, that one's pretty good. I haven't heard that. This was, I All think... All these songs I mentioned have super long intros. They're kind of sub This, I think, was my favorite. It, it came out... Uh, this is a Bright Eyes song called When the President Talks to God. And this is also a very direct, kind of, like, old-school sort of protest-type song. But I had a bootleg from when he played this for the first time, and it was at like when Bush was at the height of his powers. Yeah, and my God, people lost their fucking minds. It's one I, like if, lost their minds, like how like dare in a you? good or, way. Oh, okay. No, because it was a bright eyes concert. Like they were all fucking Democrats and shit. That's still there was a point where like people loved George Bush so much that the Dixie Chicks were like, you, remember what they did. Uh, they just said, we're ashamed these from Texas. And it was like, nope, you can't yeah, sing anymore. Yeah. They were pulling out the steamrollers to drive over their CDs. <laughs> but then the, the album they put out in response to that was fantastic. It was called Not Ready to Make Nice. I don't know if that was an They put out a song called Not Ready to Make Nice. They won a Grammy for it. Dan Wilson from Semisonic wrote most of the... I pointed at Chet because I assume you like Semisonic. Yeah. He's written <laughs> Yeah, he's great. great Dan, songs. Yeah, Semisonic's does, a great band. does he do stuff with Adele, too? Probably. Like he's, he's he became written some, one of those songwriters for hire guys? Yeah, he's written some really huge songs. When the President Talks to God. That's a, that's a Bright Eyes song. Yeah, Dan Wilson co-wrote Someone Like You, I believe. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Actually, That's, yeah. Now I hear. Now I can hear the semi-sonic in that. Just needs like yeah. a big dramatic pause. Yep. And the fountain. That one guy from Fountains of Wayne wrote the that thing you do song from. <laughs> he wrote a lot of stuff. He's been like the consultant because he he just can like make music that sounds like anything. Yeah, it's so good. There's this uh snuck into that thing you do reference. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> I was hoping you'd get to that. I feel like no, it's Matthew Sweet who wrote the Josie and the Pussycat Cat songs. That movie. That movie exists. I mentioned it. <laughs> That is a movie that's real. 
And that, also, that point, people were like, oh, Joy's in the Pussycats movie. Surely this is the nadir of adapting a thing for a film. I'm like, that makes a lot more sense. Than <laughs> this. But we're probably going to have like a Chips reboot because this one didn't work. Like, there is a Chips reboot. I think. Uh, well, I'm saying this one that didn't he's work. He's saying a I'm reboot sure of this They'll garbage. probably go back and do like a grim and gritty. Oh, did the Chips, chips movie come out and bomb? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, who who didn't see that coming? Who's <laughs> going to go watch that? So much star really power. Dax Shepard and Michael Pena. Not, like, that oh. doesn't appeal to people that watch Chips. Yeah, it's like you know you don't just add two character actors to make a lead actor. Like, that's not <laughs> no. that's not how it works. Honestly, Chips would have done better if they just had the original guys in the movie and like 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. I would have watched that. Just beating the shit out of protesters. Speaking of protest songs, this one, I don't this this also has a massively long intro. So well, also all rap videos, it's like how do we get really they do pre-roll in front of them in the ads, and then they just have, like, four minutes of talking. Yeah, yeah. Like, every Rick Ross video begins with, like, a, a short movie about the yeah, police chasing his yacht. It's really obnoxious. Okay. And it's been that way since 92. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> YG and Nipsey Hustle. I just realized, now I kind of want to make a playlist of nothing but skits. Like, two hours of Oh, my God. Just De La Soul talking about nothing. <laughs> Here we go. This is a pretty straightforward protest song as well. I don't like any Donald Trump songs or rap where songs. I can't say all the words. <laughs> you can say "fuck Donald Trump." What word so are you afraid you're the, not going to be able to say in this? Part. Song? <laughs> so they don't say President Trump. They just say. <laughs> Wait, if they say it with "a," am I allowed to say? Nope, you sure are not. So this song I've heard at Trump, not at Trump rallies, but a popular thing to do is people just go in a circle around them and playing this <laughs> several times. I've been at something, and, yeah. and and also keep in mind they're doing that every time. This song's existed only since he had a Secret Service, so they're rolling by heavily armed guards. Yeah, and like, yep, this is what we think. Enjoy yeah, this, your job protecting this guy. This song I was on tour during the election, and the next night we were in Cleveland. And Chris Black, who was DJ, he was uh, one of the opening acts. I was one of the opening acts. He was the other. Phenomenal uh, hype man. He played this song two or three times during his DJ <laughs> set. It was so great. And then I came out and did Trump jokes. I got booed. Really? I got booed by one person. And I was just like, fuck you and Trump. Was it and everyone Trump? was like, Rah! My friend Jeff did the opposite. We had a, a New Year's party, and he was about to move to New York, and he had his operation, uh, I forget what it was called, but his operation make everyone hate him so they didn't miss him. And one of the things he did was he, he took over the place of the party full of liberals in D.C. and played Fight Song. And, and just, you could see, like, as people realized what it was, like, their heads turning, being like, who the fuck did this? Who, who's playing this? Because they like, women just wiping tears away. Yeah. And he, and he just, yeah, literally, it was an apartment with, like, a second like a spiral staircase to a little second floor and he was standing at the top of the staircase laughing and pointing <laughs> uh, that was nice. that's as good a troll as I think playing this uh, at Trump rallies yeah uh, in you know high what? school my basketball fuck basketball- Donald Trump I agree with this song fade <laughs> and, it out Brad in high school my basketball team got in trouble for bringing out the away team to reading Rainbow <laughs> <laughs> But the reason they got in trouble was because it said uh, our home team was making fun of them for being gay. Like, no, no, what? Like people made the, the jump, the jump to conclusion <laughs> map there of like, oh, they're calling them fags or whatever. I'm like, like reading Rainbow. That's the small town I fucking. It's grew about up them in. being dumb, right? Because only yeah. gay okay, people yeah. read in your yeah. town. <laughs> <laughs> you reading, boy? Uh, <laughs> should we? Uh, we should. Should we read some comments before we? Yeah. Before we get out of here, read them up. Let's do it. Practice your literacy. You know, it's a big world out there. Big world. It's easy to feel like the things you say don't even matter. They don't matter. I want you to know that's not true. Not true. We call this segment Your Voice Matters, where we read your stupid fucking comments from the past few shows. Fucking idiots. And respond to them personally. Fade it out, Brett. Oh, always so tender. Brett, man. Rest in peace, Brett. We miss you. Uh, Okay, so the, the most recent episode that we have comments from is an episode called The Worst People on YouTube, which, boy, was this a divisive yeah, episode. Yeah, that one had a shitload of comments. People got really mad that we didn't study PewDiePie hard enough before we... It's like, I don't need to. He, I, I get it. I... 
get it. Isn't he kind of over too? Yeah, it, it was about. He's like the Milianopolis of playing games. Yeah, right? he's just. Like, I think oh, people were people stop being angry. They people were upset that I didn't know the exact nature of his first anti-Semitic joke, and I feel like that's not integral to the story. Just the fact that it, like, I get it. It's fine. Fuck him and uh, you two both. So first comment, Big Meek. This is uh, this is a Trump supporter who listens to the podcast. He is, who is uh, also a big Chet supporter. Big Chet. So I've gotten you two to get along. Not, probably not. Probably things. We agreed on one one thing. It's one more thing than you overthought. Which was about Reagan. On. It wasn't even about Trump. Uh, this is a comment from Big Meek. Can I just say to that comment, uh, quote, America is a land of immigrants. You're forgetting one part of that. America is a land of immigrants who became American. You give up whatever place you come from to become American who values freedom and exceptionalism. That guy guy must hate uh, St. Patrick's Day. Jesus. Yeah. First off, Big Meek, hate to throw this at you. It's Y-O-U apostrophe (laughs) R-E, you fucking idiot. Oh, I've given up correcting his typos in the comments because I – what he doesn't know, I actually have the ability to edit his comments. So To make him look – Yeah, if he gets too rowdy, I'll just put a bunch of pro-Obama shit (laughs) in his history. Who but, values America values freedom and exceptionalism? As a Trump supporter, I feel like we're dumb. And, no, I'm not a Trump supporter, but I, exceptionalism is the last thing they actually value. Oh, yeah. It's the dumbing down of America and let's cut any program or any educational uh, beneficial system. See, I can't even fucking <laughs> say a sentence that makes sense. I'm getting dumber. So all these fucking idiots. Uh, Oh, God, I just get so angry. I can't finish a sentence. Yeah. It's that upsetting. What he's talking about reminds me of France. Like, the way France integrates people into their society is... Like, you must be French now. Yeah, it's basically, you're French. Like You you're must not, drink wine for breakfast. You have no other... <laughs> Stop wearing deodorant. characteristics to your, your ethnicity. There's, like, all of that goes out the window. You're just French now. Yeah. And it's really dehumanizing. And it, I feel like it probably has something to do with why there's so many terrorist attacks in France. Like I can't yeah. confirm that, but it where if you value freedom. I don't know. I can't quibble with that part of it. That's that's part of the deal. It's like, hey, uh, did you can you do the pledge of allegiance? Uh, will you try to pay taxes? Uh, sure, okay. And then uh, I guess we're getting away from that now. But it's yeah. always been yeah, good for everyone who's different, but consider themselves American. Yeah, that that changed, I guess, in the last couple months, but. Yeah, that's the thing. This is this is still the way Republicans talk, even though Trump's president. Because they, they're, they're, you see this thing where they, they kind of wish it was actually Mike Pence. Maybe it really is in their brain. So right. they'll, they'll speak with like the rhetoric of of Republicans pre-Trump. Yeah, and this like you'll get a comment like this from a Trump supporter, but then ask them about Russia, and they're like, "What's so bad about making friends with Russia?" It's like which person are you? You can't be both. Are you the person that is this staunchly American? <laughs> Or do you think we should just buddy up to Russia? Because those are two radically different ways to be. And also, mo- I would I would say more Trump supporters feel like they personally are the ideal like American compared to oh, yeah. liberals. And yeah. they're like, yeah, I'm just a person. I'm not what all of America should be. And a lot of those Republican supporters who think they are what America should be, like, if more people are like them, this country would be shittier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Significantly, shady. a lot of the talk about uh, jobs. Whatever, there are a lot of fucking lazy fucks. Lazy fucks. Lazy fucks. Not making articulate points today. I'm just <laughs> angry, and I'm high off this fucking Japanese forest <laughs> forest reefer. vape. Uh, rebel. I guess that says leader. L e d e r. Uh, rebel I, leader. Huh. Weird. I used to be a big time PewDiePie hater until I looked into what he was doing before YouTube. If he were a comic, would there be an exception made for the things he has said or done? Maybe as jokes that were in poor taste and fell flat? Here's the thing. Comics get shit for jokes, too. Yeah. Like, Daniel Tosh had to come out and apologize and all the shit. Like, uh, fucking Anthony Jeselnik got fired from his show on Comedy Central for a skit he did about a dude that got killed by a shark. So... I hate this where people are like, oh, if he was a comic, he he wouldn't have got that much backlash. Yeah, he fucking would. Like, he, this PewDiePie, like, the thing that got him in trouble most recently is he just did a, like, he played this video game where you get to customize your your character, Mm -hmm. and he just made him look like Hitler, and then went through this game killing people and, and, and saying they were Jews. And it's like, 
yeah, some things objectively are not funny. I'm sorry. Like, that's not fucking funny, but also, clever, interesting. If you're playing Hitler in a game and you're not killing Jews, how shitty of a Hitler are you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just throwing that out there. But he also, that PewDiePie stuff was feeding into this, there's like this blurring of actual alt-right racism and young people who are just angry, but they think the alt-right racist thing is, is funny. Yeah. Right? It's like yeah. everyone who's been chasing Shia LaBeouf and ruining his art projects. I'm not sure how many are actual racists, and they're like, seems like being racist pisses people off, so I'm going to do that Yeah, now. exactly. So if you're feeding into that, you're like, yeah, shit, people can boycott you and take your show away. Like, there are constant... This comes with consequences. You don't yeah. get to just say whatever you want with anyone. They, you, and of course, the more they complain, or up until it breaks, you're proud of yourself. Like, yeah, oh, people and that's a really off. good point. People confuse freedom of speech with having consequences. Just because there's freedom of yeah, speech doesn't yeah. mean you don't have to be held accountable to for the things you say. Yeah, and comics get held accountable for their jokes all the time. I hate that. I especially in this case, I hate that defense where oh, if you weren't comics, it wouldn't. And it's like, especially painful in comedy because you say things in a satirical way or with context of three jokes behind right. it, and then people just isolate that thing, and of course you look like an asshole. Yeah. Didn't PewDiePie make like a big content deal too? Like Disney. Yeah, with Disney. With yeah, that's the deal. Like, you, there's a contract you sign that, and part of it is don't be a Nazi. Yeah. I'm not sure that's explicit, but don't do things that make us look bad. Yeah, Actually, I'm sure if it's you not went back to Walt though, and Disney contract. Him, I bet yeah. he it, would be it, on board. It's like, what if I would have put a re-release Song of the South? I'm sure. <laughs> don't do that either. Can I? Yeah, I'll just upload that to YouTube. <laughs> I'm with Disney now. Uh, Luis Benitez says, This is one of my favorite episodes of Unpops. As a fan of video games, I hate how some of the shittiest people share the same interest as me. I like the idea of not using the term gamer. I hate being associated with garbage people just because we happen to share a hobby. Which I think is a good point. Mm. I think gamer, that's like saying reader. Yeah. Like, a lot of people read, but they're not. I, I feel like there's a specific subset of gamers that are really fucking awful people. Or drinker, maybe, would be better. Yeah, there's almost fucking monstrous anything. alcoholics, but people that are fun. Have, yeah. They, yeah, there's a huge difference. So I would agree with that, I think. Yeah, there's definitely, a, uh, isn't there kind of an attempt to take that term for a lifestyle that's shitty and most people don't support? Yeah. I'm not even saying the lifestyle of like playing games. I'm saying if you're a gamer, you also hate political correctness. Like There's yeah. really people trying to take that. So if you want to fight back, yeah, go ahead. I think yeah. the thing that would piss me off term. most as a gamer is... The like top gamers that have these YouTube channels and rake in hundreds of thousands a year, who are very attractive people that are like, oh, if I just learn to play video games a little bit, people want to watch me. Whereas like the other people yeah. that isolate and play fourteen hours a day, who are probably way better. Objectively, yeah. like no one wants to look at those <laughs> parent basement trolls. You know, I, I fell down a rabbit hole of of anti Anisus Sarkeesian YouTube channels, of which there are like a billion. Oh, there yeah. are a billion videos of that, and that was that was the the central conspiracy was that. She realized that she could get more attention as a as a gamer than as a PhD expert in critical theory, which is true. I mean, it's obviously true. That is true. Well, they're trying to find moments, anyone. moments where she talked down. And it's like, see, she criticized games. She's not one of us. Uh, people spend a lot of time on that. That's the uh, YouTube channels that are like four hours. People just yelling about men's rights. Uh, oh yeah, I, I think they're good probably because they keep them from shooting up a school. But that's the only way. Which yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, Last last comment before we get out of here. Switching switching gears a little. Blue hair says ghosts aren't dead people because where the fuck are all the pissed off Native Americans? There ought to be one in every home, on every highway, fucking everywhere. How do you know there's not? Yeah, there could be a fucking Native American ghost on this podcast. I grew up in a largely uh, Native American town. But what is the theory? What are ghosts if they're not dead people? Yeah, what that, is that person's theory? I, yeah, I don't I don't really know. We, Did we kill that many Native Americans? Oh, enough yeah. for enough for a dead Native American ghost in every house, though. Well, Did, yes, that we killed almost three hundred million. I'm, I'm saying the world population oh. at the time compared to now. Oh yeah, in every was, home. Yeah, it that's was probably a lot. extreme. I'm not, I'm not trying to. It, it, was, it was a large <laughs> percentage of the population, but the overall percentage was much. Dave, I didn't tell you time. this, but Chet is a he's a genocide denier. What? All of them, every oh, single genocide. Say, Last night at WrestleMania, <laughs> after Roman Reigns beat the Undertaker, somebody like three rows deep held up a sign that said "Roman is a Holocaust denier." <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> the best part is he. Uh, no, <laughs> no reason to believe he is, but that's how upset they were that he beat the Undertaker. I like that they got that sign in in the first place. I feel like they brought in a marker and uh, and a sign and wrote that real quick. It was not a fancy sign. It was just it said what. Oh, it said. really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Should we get out of here? We're at, eh. we're at an hour. I'm Adam, not... we don't 
Yes. It was really recorded early afternoon, the day of young. Chet, we got to get out of here. What I know do we you got hate to do, man? Saying goodbye. He's, it's 2.13. You said you got to be somewhere at 3.15? Sort of. I'm going to figure that yeah, out. Sort of, you, we sort of have at least an hour and two minutes to talk stuff. What are you doing? What? The same thing do I do every podcast. Do you have anything to podcast. plug just before being, we get out of here? Uh, I'm still doing that cancer benefit show next Monday, depending on when this comes out. So if you have cancer nope, or in a cancer rehab center, uh, come to that show. <laughs> this will not be out oh, by then. cut out. Uh, you know, the usual fastball chats. That's all I care about. I don't care about stand-up. I don't care about anything other than getting the band fastball to play my fucking living room so I can return back to a normal life. Yeah. I'm in too deep. It's a real problem. Yeah, it really is. I thought I was going to get them to play uh, at the end of their tour with Everclear because their last two dates were L.A. and Anaheim. Yeah, but now they're in like Hawaii. Fourth of July weekend, perfect. And now they're added Hawaii dates. God damn it. Why don't you just move to Hawaii, dummy? I can't, I can't let Jeff take this town over. <laughs> Dave, do you have anything to plug? I have a book. Go to Amazon. Look for my name or look for the show that never ends and buy, buy my book. That's, that's what you should do when you have a book, right? Yeah. Buy I'm really regret it if I don't plug it. Eh? Buy my book. Is that the, the, the critic? Buy my, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good buy reference. my Good. book. <laughs> buy Dave's book. Imagine my arm swinging, uh, a paper version <laughs> of me with an arm swinging and then get hypnotized Such by an it. underrated show. Um, what do I have to plug? I'm uh, at the Darkest Hour, April 14th, Westside Comedy Theater, Santa Monica, 11.30 p.m. Uh, come to that. Sign up for our newsletter, unpops.com slash news. Follow us on all the socials. You know, do all the things. Be a good person. Send us money. Do, you know, all of that. In what form? It, any. Bitcoin, check, mm-hmm. money order, cash, all of it. I'll take it all. All right. Let's get out of here. Chat. The f- fuck do i have to do today say goodbye absolutely not dave say goodbye why would goodbye I everyone take goodbye every- cave so quickly goodbye everybody well, we love we're you. just i'm just getting to know dave he's in town for the rest of the day you know i can just edit gonna- this out <laughs> you you always say that but you never do so i keep talking i like that you take the extra time to hang up your headphones instead of just shut it off because i'll keep going at him what do i gotta do 